Hey, well, good morning. Uh, my name is Simon. I am the location pastor at C3 Parkside, and I'm excited to bring you a word this morning. Uh, you might be gathering in your lounge rooms. Uh, you might be on the bus, hopefully not on the bus, um, but uh, we just welcome you so much. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I'm excited to bring a word uh, around God's word, which is exciting. And in this uh, this month of March, we've been looking uh, at the theme of look, behind, look Beyond Limitations. And so I want you to come on uh, a journey with me. The last week of March, we're going to have uh, a little bit of fun. Uh, we're just going to um, yeah, dive into the Word and have a great time. But before we do, I just want to pray. So why don't we just pray? Close your eyes and join with me. Father, I just thank you that you're here this morning with us. I thank you that... Um, Right now, amongst all of our lounge rooms, as we're in different, uh, different places, Lord, we thank you that your presence is dwelling amongst us. We thank you that we can um, worship you, we can praise you, that there is no limit to you. And so we thank you that the church is not a building, it's the people. And this morning, as we gather together, I pray you speak to us. Uh, you flow through my words, Father, that your anointing rests in every house across the city that's tuning in on this. And I just thank you, God, that you are faithful, you are good. And uh, we just praise your mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, fantastic. Well, as I said, we've been looking at Look Beyond Limitations. And uh, today I want to talk to you about looking beyond our emotions. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, this last month I have seen a mirage of emotions. Uh, like from, uh, let, let's, let's just look at a few different scenarios. Like first off is the, the warriors, the war that is the supermarket, okay? We're talking about the supermarket war, toilet paper, pasta, whatever it is. We've seen emotions flying rampant. Uh, if you're on Facebook and you're getting different feeds of information, there's lots of news, there's all this stuff, but we're also getting a lot of emotions, people angry at the leaders, people loving the leaders, all sorts of emotion. And you know what, it reminded me of um, one of my favourite uh, comics, one of my favourite comedians, Michael McIntyre. It reminded me of a story that he talks about. And, uh, it, and it's the fact that we, as Australians, uh, we, we, uh, when we come across a bee, there's three types of reactions that you can have to a bee, okay? There's three people. And you sitting here in, uh, in your uh, lounge room this morning or wherever you are, maybe you're in your bed, uh, you're going to associate with one of these three people, okay? So first, uh, first we have the wafter, okay? The bee comes buzzing in and you know, you're, just, you're just easy going. You're wafting, you're, waf you're a wafter. The, you just keep going on with your life. You'll waft away. D don't worry about the bee. Just go on. Let's just, 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 just waft. Okay, and then there's a second person. You're thinking, oh, maybe I'm a wafter. And then there's a second person. The second person is the stay stealer. Now, this person is the stubborn person. This is the person who will stand still and uh, they say, you know, the bee is not interested in you, so stand still and let it go by. They'll stand completely still. They're stubborn. They will not move for anything. This bee is not going to interrupt my life. I am stubborn as I'm going to stand completely still. And then there's a third person. And this is the person uh, I think we've seen most often in the last couple of weeks. And this is the panicker. This is the person when the bee comes in, they're like, ah, the bee! It's a Okay, now, sorry for blowing up your um, TV speakers there, but, you know, we all know these people. We've all seen, and we, we, we might associate with being one of those people, the, the panicker, the stay-stiller, uh, the, the wafter. You know, what, one interesting is, I think, for me, personally, I might have started a bit of as a wafter, you know, I'd start pretty chilled, uh, and I'm just going to waft the bee away, but quickly, 
a wafter can become a panicker. They're like, ah, ah, ah! Anyway, it started me thinking that there's been so many emotional responses to what's happening in the world right now. And these three types of people, I think we're seeing across the place. We're seeing the, the wafter, the chiller, the person who's just trying to go easygoing. And particularly in the last couple of weeks, I think those wafters have more than likely turned into panickers. But there's also the, still, the, the standstillers, the stubborn people who won't move for anything. All these responses are emotional responses. All these responses are, are, are a reaction of emotion. And I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage us this morning, I found a passage in the Bible that, that explores emotion. And, and whether or not emotion's good or bad, I think, I think emotion is, is, is a part of the, the human condition. It's part of who we are. Emotion is not a bad thing, but how we use that emotion is so important. And uh, the, the, the total panic is... You know, I heard, I read something recently and it said that, that our brain doesn't know the truth. So if we listen to our emotions and allow our brain and our emotions to dictate our truth, then, then we're going to get set wayward. We can train our brain, we can train our thinking, we can train and, and feed our spirit so that um, our, emotion, our emotion is listening to the truth. And, and you know what the truth is that I listen to? The truth that I listen to is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And so this morning, let's look at that. If you're writing notes, bring out your notepad right now. Uh, I want you to title this message, Total Panic. Total Panic. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man. There's a moment in the Bible where Jesus had what looks to me to be a panic attack. Total panic. And I love this story in the Bible because uh, Jesus who was God, also came in human form. And I think this is one of his most vulnerable moments, one of the, the most crucial moments for us to see our saviour of the world experience an emotion like we have. You might this week have experienced an emotion uh, and, and had something come upon your life, whether you might have lost your job, um, you, might have, you might have just been experiencing s- s- some terrible uh, things happening in your life. And right now, I just want to tell you that we are praying for you, we're believing for you, and we're believing for breakthrough, but, and God is good, and he can come through. And, I, and this is for you, this message is for you this morning if you're in that. So um, it reminds me a little bit of when I, I'm a bit of a procrastinator, and uh, especially uh, in my earlier years at university, I remember uh, I let pressure build. I would always let pressure build. And then it was like this six-monthly routine that I would just go into a day of panic. It would be like when everything has just is mounded up, there's no way I can achieve. All the procrastination has gone too far. And all you melancholy people out there are going, yes, yeah, Simon, come on, just pull it together. But, you know, I would go too far and, and, and I would come to a place that's nearly like a panic attack. I would freak out. There was just, I couldn't see clear. And uh, as I was uh, writing this message and, and praying of it, and it, this gave me a revelation of how I could have handled that at the time. And I think it's something that I did implement and I no longer have those situations. So it's pretty awesome. Let's turn our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, Matthew 26. And uh, I, love, I love the Gospels. They are, they're, just, they're just so real. I love, I love the disciples. They're so real. And uh, if, like, let's think about it. Like if, if a company came to us to try and sell their services or, or offering you a job, 
Can you imagine them talking about all their flaws? Can you imagine them talking about, like, okay, uh, yeah, we made all these mistakes, like, oh, we sold all people's private data to other third-party things. Like, they don't come, like, these are all the problems of our directors, these are all the things and sins they make. They don't do that. But when we read the Gospels, like, the guys writing the Gospel are these disciples following Jesus, and they talk about all their flaws. They are so flawed. They don't, they're not just flawed, they fail. And what I love about the Bible is we started, there's a, there's a movement that started across the entire world that spanned over 2,000 years, and it's based on people who weren't qualified. They didn't just fit the mould of the perfect person. They, they, they weren't qualified, but Jesus came for them. And they became the, 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 the leaders of the early church. So let's open our Bibles, which I've already said before, to Matthew 26, 36. And the context here is Jesus has had the Last Supper with the disciples, and uh, now he, he, he's, uh, he's going to head off into the Garden of Gethsemane and pray. And uh, Jesus has foreshadowed his death. He's been telling his disciples, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die and this is going to happen. I'm going to fulfill all the prophecies from the past in the Old Testament. And, 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 and you've just got to listen. This is the time to come. And to a point where, you know, he challenges Peter, uh, one of his disciples, and, and, and Peter says, you know, I'll die for you. And, and Jesus says, no, you'll actually betray me. And Jesus, uh, Peter at that time can't really fathom that. But let's just explore where that goes. So it says in verse 36, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who were James and John, along with them, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So Gethsemane was a place where Jesus... Uh, so Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew, just to, like, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Jesus gets uh, taken there and that's the next day he's crucified. And so Jesus knows this is happening. And the context at the moment is Jesus is going off to, um, to seek God. But he goes to a place where he knows Judas can come find him. He doesn't go off and hide and try and avoid what um, is being called upon him in his life. But he actually goes to a place where he can have this solitude for the moment that we're about to talk about. Um, but he also uh, is a place that Judas can come and fulfil what needs to happen. And so I just really want to um, really look at this, uh, this verse in 37 and 38 when he said, He began to be sorrowful and troubled. That was the moment when Jesus had a panic attack. It's said in one commentary that the words in Greek are expressive of the greatest sorrow imaginable. Let's think about that. Let's think about uh, a time in your life, and it might just be recent, where you've experienced some of the greatest sorrow imaginable. God's experienced that too in human form. It pained him. It, 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 it said, he, said to the, he says this to his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Man, I mean, I just think Jesus knew of this, had this impending weight and he had the weight of the physical trauma he's about to go through, but the weight of every sin, of every human that has been and is to come and their sin that, that, was, that was weighing down on him. And I love about Jesus is that if you look at this, in, um, when he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, he, he says uh, he's actually breathing scripture. Jesus breathed the scriptures. And if you look at like Psalm 42, verse 5, it says, why, my soul, are you downcast? 
Why so disturbed within me? So he's got this, like my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. But let's look at Psalm 42 because it says, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. Jesus, so Jesus uses these words from the Psalms and look what he does. He actually listens to the scripture that he knows. He doesn't say it, but he knows it. Jesus' response to a panic attack was to pray. Let's look at this. Verse 39. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is not possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Wow, what a prayer. God, I just pray that over all of us right now, that not our will, but your will be done right now. In Jesus' name, that your will be done. So let's look at this prayer. Let's look at this response to the panic attack because Jesus is a clear example that panicking is not the problem. The response to the panic is what is the issue here. The, the response to the panic is how we can display that we are followed, not just display, but actually come out of a panic into another, into another place. So there's, there's, there's four points to this prayer that we look at. First off, is Jesus' posture of prayer. It says that he, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. He humbled himself before the king. He came in and completely fell to his face. He gave up everything else and said, hey, you are king, you are Lord, you are my father. And he backs that up by his first words being, my father. He gives honour. He gives God the position of authority which really breathes into the next thing that he says. And he says, um, he says, if it is possible, if it is possible, if it is possible, Jesus knows what's about to happen, but he has a human moment where he asks, is it possible? God, if it's possible, take this cup from me. This cup, uh, I was reading some commentary about, and, and the cup has been referenced in the Old Testament. There's the cup of God's fury and, 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 and vengeance. And so Jesus is saying, take, can you take this cup? What a human moment. He, know, he, he, knows, he, he knows what's going to come, but he has a human moment, an experience like we have of dread, of sorrow, overwhelming sorrow. But then he responds with, but not my will, but your will be done. How good is that? Like, what does it look like? You know, might not have a job. Your business may, may, may have had to shut down. You may not have any clients coming in. How tough is it to say, but God, your will be done? Man, I'm experiencing that with you. So verse 40, it said, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Like they're sleeping. <laughs> And, then, and watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus knew the answer, that when we stay in the physical realm, when we panic, when we listen to our brain, when we listen to our emotions, our, our flesh is weak. But our spirit, our spirit is willing. Our spirit is crying out to be uh, with our Father in heaven, to be in a relationship with him. How refreshing is that in, in, in the current uh, time we're in, in the current season we're in? How refreshing is it that I know my flesh is weak, but this, my spirit 
is, is willing. And I think this is a clear example. This is, this is written in here, I think, because the disciples, uh, it's giving an example that the, the, the disciples, when they relied on just their own flesh, when they didn't, he, he said, watch and pray earlier, right? But they didn't pray. They didn't actually activate their spirit, and so they fell asleep. They let him down. Uh, Peter sets on a course of failures, uh, which he, he fulfills over the next, uh, next couple of pages in the Gospels where he denies Jesus. It's because he, he didn't engage his spirit. His flesh was weak. So Jesus found victory at the cross by succeeding in the struggle in Gethsemane. You know, that Jesus' preparation for what was to come came out of this moment. And I want to just quickly look at the shift that happened because Jesus came back and he prayed a second and a third time. And there's a, there's a nuance of what he says, but... Uh, he says, uh, he went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible, the moment of panic has shifted. He, did, he, he knows it's not possible now. Why does he know that? Why does he have that confidence? Because he just spent an hour praying with God. He just spent an hour on his knees uh, seeking the face of God. And so it set him up for the ordeal to come. It set him up for what was excruciating uh, physical pain and spiritual agony, something that I can't even wrap my head around. And she says in Luke 22 that uh, in, in one of these moments that, that angels actually came and strengthened him. And how incredible is that? Like God is so faithful that when we're down, he will strengthen us. And, and Jesus, just he had this human moment. He had this moment of panic. But Jesus' reaction was not to scream, wave his arms, get, it scared, get, get scared of the bee, run away, but he was, it was to turn and pray. It's to acknowledge that the emotion is real, and that is fine because we're human, but it's to turn and pray. Pray with a posture that is down on our knees, acknowledging who is king, who is Lord, who is mighty, and, and, and coming before him and saying, not my will, but your will be done. Can I encourage you this morning uh, around this, around shifting the way we're thinking, looking beyond our emotions and, and declaring that not our will, but his will be done. So what category may you be? Were you a, a wafter, uh, the, the chiller? Maybe you've shifted to panic now. Maybe you've been stubborn and you're like, you know, government's overreacting, everyone's overreacting, it's, you know... I'm not going to get into those details this morning. I want to encourage you that they're all emotional responses. And it doesn't matter which response it is, we should be shifting and turning our attention to Jesus and to God and to pray and declare on our knees that it's his will, not our will, be done. Not in a lofty prayer, but in a purposeful prayer to him. Come on, let's pray. Uh, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If you uh, haven't met Jesus before, I'm going to uh, pray a prayer together with us. Uh, the relationship with Jesus is one of the best things you can do. Uh, I made this decision when I was a teenager to follow God, my own decision, and it shifted the way I saw the world. It gave me an opportunity, uh, many opportunities, but one of them was in this situation, in times of panic, I had someone to turn to. I was able to attach a faith to something. 
And this morning, you have an opportunity to meet Jesus. All we do is pray a simple prayer to ask Him into our lives. And uh, He comes, He fills our life. You can you join a family of other believers we, and we get together together. At the moment, it's gathering online. And I want to encourage you just to keep con- uh, being in contact with each other, keep encouraging each other, calling each other up. Let's, let's embrace technology to do that. But you can join that family uh, that follows Jesus. And so if that's you this morning, I want to lead you in a prayer. Uh, to come and follow Jesus. So why don't you just close your eyes with me? And if that's you, if you've never made that decision before, or if you have, and uh, you need to come back to Him this morning, this is your opportunity. I might have you know, tweaked on some, some reactions that you might have been having, that you might have been living a life that's full of emotion. And this morning, you just want to direct your life back and say, Jesus is Lord, then I encourage you to join in this prayer. So why don't you repeat after me? And if, if you're a believer in this place, why, in your living room, I know, why don't you just join with me as well and say, Father, Jesus, I come before you this morning. I repent. I'm sorry for the things I've done. And I come this morning and declare that you are my Lord and that you are my Saviour and that you are the Son of God, that you rose from the dead. And today I thank you that my life has been transformed and changed. And today is a new day. And I thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, fantastic. Well, this was our first full online service. And we are so glad you got to join us. Um, Please make sure you keep chatting with your connect groups and dinner parties. Uh, We're so excited that we are a church, uh, one church in two locations. But those two physical locations can't meet at the moment. But that doesn't restrict us. We're a community that love each other and that love God. So please have a great week. Uh, I just uh, Let me just finish with a prayer and pray over us because we are in a time where prayer is so important, which was basically the whole preach. So come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are good. I pray for every person, every family, every husband and wife, every child, every person young and old. I thank you that you love us so much. I pray for us as, that as we shift our emotions this morning, And as we daily come before you and pray that you shift our spirit, that we have a moment like Jesus where we might have a moment of emotion, we bring it to you and that your will be done here. Your will be done in our lives. I thank you, Jesus. You are so good in your mighty name. Amen.